We all know that I love making and recording my own podcast. Loudmouth is my heart and soul. But what's even more fun is that it's easy to do. And guess what? (laughs) You can do one too. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Because it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and anywhere else you can listen to podcasts. You can make money from it with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need to make a podcast right there in one place for free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. know um this is a part of my strategic communications senior seminar and this whole um for the past like six weeks or so i've been focusing on putting out new episodes um every week because it can be really hard when you're a student and you're trying to record episodes when you make them research all of them edit them produce them and then eventually market them and so I really wanted to focus on my podcast as my senior seminar. Um, I created it October 21st so actually it's been a year since I created it on Monday. Yeah so exciting. Um, I don't have that many episodes to show for it but (laughs) I have a good amount and my series that I decided to focus on for this was Title IX on college campuses. Um, I mean We all know that it's not the best, especially here. Sometimes we hear a lot of stories about it. And um, also being in Greek life and being a woman, um, you know, I haven't really learned a lot from the speakers that they have here. And I decided that that's not good and we should learn a little bit more about it. So my first episode was kind of like an informative thing and it just talked all about Title IX. It was a lot of information, but I got it all off Jory's website. So that was really cool that they had the information on there. They just decide not to teach it correctly or in a way that's engaging to students. Um, And then my next episode was um, about Greek life and Title IX and kind of how a lot of it does get blamed on Greek life. And while there are definitely cases that do involve fraternity men mainly, but also sorority women, um, it's not always the case that it has to be them. And since they are the ones that put on the parties, it's easy to put the blame on them. And I know, especially for us Greek life students, we kind of have to go to the Title IX talk with the freshmen every year and learn about it constantly while sports teams and other things like that who also have cases of Title IX don't have to do as much as we do. And it kind of sucks because we get pegged as these people who are the ones that are doing it when it's not always us. And I know most of the women in this room are huge advocates for Title IX and supporting people who've been through it. So it stinks when it makes us look like we're the ones who are doing it. And then I talk about LGBTQ plus and Title IX because they a lot of the time get lost in the narrative about it. Um, It can be a lot of heteronormative talk and you know, a lot of the times people who are of the LGBTQ plus community do get a lot more Title IX cases and get harassed a lot more than people who are 
heteronormative. So it can be really hard for them. So I talked about that. And then I also talked about victim blaming and how that kind of feeds into slut shaming and the whole rape culture. And then my last episode last night was a tell all and I had people fill out a form and just tell me their opinions on Title IX and if they've been through a case or not. So that was really cool. And now it's here for the culminating part and I'm going to talk about healthy dating in college. Um, I mean, it's not specifically college. You can take this outside of college, but since we're mostly all in college, I decided that I would put it to there. Um, and we have a fun guest today. My mom is right over here. Um, we're so excited. But um, she's the one who got the cookies in the water and all that, so I just wanted to shout her out real quick. And the cookies are made by Riley Pohl. She does Springfield Cookie Company on Facebook, if you guys want to go like her. And my logo that you see here was actually created by Morgan Prosser over there. So um, just, you know, this isn't just a me project. So let's get into it. Who am I? I mean, most of you guys know me, but my name is Madison Hadler. I'm a student by day, a podcaster once a week. Um, I'm a senior at Drury. I'm not only a strategic communications major, but I'm also a poli-sci major, which has been a fun thing to uh, struggle through along with this project to do my other paper too. Um, I'm a member of Pi Phi and also panel and a council. And then my future career hopes, I want to work in nonprofit fields. Um, I specifically want to be an LDC for Pi Five, but if that doesn't pan out, nonprofit is kind of the place that I look to. And honestly, I really want to be an influencer. That's like my dream job because I think it would just be cool, which is part of the reason why I did create this podcast. Um, so if any of you guys know a way to connect me up there, just let me know. Um, let's get started. So how many of you guys have been on a dad bad date before? Don't be ashamed, it's okay, I have to, it's fine. Um, so one of, the form, one of the stories that I had sent in was, and I actually know exactly who this is, she's not here tonight, but I'm excited to tell it. So, I went on a date with a guy from Tinder who picked me up in a shitty Porsche convertible, and five minutes into our date, he got a call from his dad to go look at a motorcycle at a dealership. And instead of taking me home, he took me with him. While at this dealership for three hours, he was deciding which bike to get and which accessories matched the bike even further. While he was about to test drive the motorcycle, the dealer asked if he's going to let his girlfriend give it a try. My Tinder date says, that's not my girlfriend, that's my business partner. What the fuck? <laughs> and then he said the N-word multiple times while all the date and cursed every other word. At the end, he was trying to figure out how to get the bike home, so he looked at me, then looked at his car, and then looked back at me and says, nah, I'd never let a woman drive my car. So I said, okay, yeah, take me home. And he did, and we never spoke again. <laughs> Fun times. And how many of you guys had, had a bad, have had a bad sexual experience? Don't be disappointed. <laughs> we all know it happens. Um, so I have an example of this one as well, sent in. This one is terrible, is how she prefaces it. The first time I had sex ever was with my boyfriend in high school and I was super, super nervous and didn't know if I wanted to. And he kept trying to convince me, which is never okay, don't let them convince you. And that, was, that it was fine, whatever, it'll be good, you'll like it. So I guess I gave in and we did it. It was bad and lasted for like 10 seconds, of course, because boys are gross. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there like almost gonna cry because what the fuck, ew, that was gross. And I'm uncomfortable. And then this guy literally gets out his phone and plays Akon's I Just Had Sex. 
I was laughing hysterically. I wanted to die. It haunts me to this day. I'm mortified. <laughs> it also haunts me to this day. And while we have all those funny stories, how many of you guys can actually recognize red flags when you're in a relationship? <laughs> Some of you. But in a lot of cases, it can be hard because especially in college, you know, we're still developing our brains even though we think we're the smartest people on earth. It doesn't fully develop till we're 25. And especially most of you women in here, men can kind of be dumb sometimes. But also women can too, so let's not put all the blame on it. But it can be hard to recognize these kind of things um, when we're kind of confused on what, what love is and what toxic is. Sometimes these things can really easily kind of cross that line without us recognizing it or without us wanting to recognize it. Just personally, if we're in love with the person, we don't want to do anything. How many of you guys have seen any tweets like this? I give every guy I date a red flag rule. The rule is if I find three or more red flags, then I become colorblind for the remainder of our toxic relationship. <laughs> or anything related to Tana Mojo's, my everyday makeup routine since getting married, in which she dresses up like a clown, referring to her marriage to Jake Paul, which we all know was just a bad idea in general. Um, but, and after they got married, a lot of things have been exposed about him, just doing things with lots of women. And so she created this video to be a com comedic play on it. And while it's okay to joke about these things, and of course I laugh at them too, I favorite them, I watch her videos all the time anyway, it can be really easy to normalize these things enough where people who actually experience these red flags don't really understand that they are red flags when they are red flags. And they think, well, I mean, if other people ignore them, then I should ignore them too. About 75 or 57% of college students say it is difficult to identify dating abuse. But college is the time for these relationships to rise up easier, as I said before. Since we are younger, it can be harder to define what love is and when that love becomes toxic. So although you probably don't want to hear dating advice from a usually single and recently broken up with girl, I'm going to give it to you anyway. This is gathered from the millions of podcasts that I listen to, the YouTube videos I watch, and most importantly, my therapist. So here we go. Be a hole looking for another hole. You are never too much for the right person and not your teacher, not your healer. We can't get someone else to fill in what we are lacking. You, you need to be a whole person looking for a whole person. That's the only way it works well. Sharon Simmons said this, she's a psychologist. While it's okay to call someone your other half when you're referring to how much they lo you love them or on your Instagram captions, you shouldn't be actively looking for someone to fill in the spaces where you may feel you lack. You need to recognize the whole that you are and look for someone who is also whole. It's okay to lack confidence some days and need validation from your partner or if you suffer from mental illness or insecurity or whatever it may be, to have these people lift you up. I mean, that's what friends are for. Whenever you're feeling down, you need them to kind of revalidate you and just let you know of the amazing person you are. But you cannot be a broken person just looking for someone to fix you. And personally, I'm a huge fixer. Um, that's like my constant pattern in relationships. I love looking for people to make, to make them feel better, make them lift up their spirits and kind of give them all of my energy. But I recognize that this is something that's toxic to deal with and through lots of therapy work have, um, you know, tried to help it be a little bit better. 
What this really means, though, is be confident in who you are first before going out into the dating field. This leads into knowing what you want and deserve in a partner and not settling for anything less. So I have some tips on this because, you know, I may come up here and act like this huge, confident person, but that doesn't mean that some days I struggle with insecurities like everyone does. So if you guys listen to my Bikini Body podcast, which maybe you did, maybe you didn't, I talk a lot about affirmations in there and how important these are. So affirmations are just like little sayings that you say to yourself just to lift up your spirits, whatever it may be. And it sounds kind of weird because you're like, just a little saying isn't going to make me feel any better. But honestly... And people have told me, you know, this is weird, but whatever. I wake up every morning, and usually when I go in and brush my teeth, I look at the mirror, and I look myself in the eyes, and I say, you are a badass. Um, you know, it sounds weird, and it sounds silly, and the first couple of times you do it, you definitely sit there, and you're like, what am I doing? If anyone heard me right now, they'd be like, who, who is she talking to? But truly, it does make me feel a lot better, and especially those mornings when I'm already tired and I don't really want to handle the day, just looking at myself in the mirror and being like, hey, you're a badass. It just makes you feel a little bit better. Um, and this is one way that you can kind of make yourself feel whole again and recognize your worth before getting into any relationship, before you may question yourself. Love yourself the way that you want to be loved. How can you expect anyone to treat you the right way if you don't treat yourself the right way first? The only way to love yourself and show out others how you deserve to be loved. So a huge way you can do this is kind of called dating yourself. Um, I know it can be hard. I especially struggled. But being alone kind of scares me sometimes. Not even just in like a relationship sense, but just in like a friendship sense. Sometimes I don't like to be alone because I like to be around my friends. I'm an extrovert. I get my energy from them. But a big thing that I've learned to do, especially when I hurt my knee last year, was being on my own because physically I couldn't get up and hang out with people the way I used to. Um, but a lot of these things is I would take myself on dates. So I had physical therapy really, really early in the morning. And a lot of times afterwards I'd be starving because it was like 6.30 in the morning. And so I'd go to First Watch by myself and just sit there and just eat my food, chill out. And I know sometimes a lot of the times I look at other people when they do that, and I'm like, oh, they must be so lonely. But like doing it yourself really empowers you because you realize you don't need anyone else to make you feel whole or to make yourself feel better or to get good food whenever you want to get good food. Um, and this is different, a little different from treating yourself, but literally sitting there and being like in those moments and realizing, you know what, I can make myself feel satisfied whenever I want. And then maybe when you find that person, they know that in you and they respect that about you. You can imagine yourself the way you want to be. Imagine yourself in a relationship. How would you look? How would you move? What would you do? You might be dancing. You might be playing Trivial Pursuit. You might be sitting in front of the fireplace. So really envisioning what you do in relationships and how you can find a partner that fits those things as well. I'm going to read these to you because they're really, really small. So the first one on this side says, the little tweet says in my previous relationship I was called too demanding for asking a little time from his busy schedule now my boyfriend and I see each other six times a week and he even insists to bring me home every time you will never be too much for the right person someday you will be loved for all the things you were called too much for you will never be too much for the right person and then the one that everyone loves even though I'm not a huge bachelor fan we have Tyler Cameron up there I've heard a lot of great things about him. He's really cute. I'll agree. Um, but he tweeted, what not to do. 
You should want your significant other to be sexy and feel sexy. Encourage your significant other to be all that they can be, not hold them back. And this was in response to Kim and Kanye. I don't know if any of you guys saw the video, but basically it's a video of Kanye telling Kim that he doesn't like it when she dresses sexy and goes out and takes pictures for every other man to look at because those things are just for him, um, which if any man ever told me what I could and could not wear, I'd break up with him on the spot. But I get sometimes that can be kind of cluttered with, well, they're just looking out for me. But um, there's someone out there who you won't have to convince to like you. Why would you want to be with someone who doesn't truly want to be with who you are? You are the one, the one for you and the one for somebody else. So don't ever doubt that again with the affirmations, just reminding yourself that you are whole and you're a great person and a person who wants to be with you will be with all of you. This is something that I've truly come to know and recognize. As you all know, I'm very loud and outspoken, and I'm a strong and independent woman. A lot of men can get scared of that sometimes, which is fine, but when I see them back down whenever I stand up for myself, I recognize that the right person would never do this for me. I'm not going to silence myself for the comfort of other people. The right person will love me for my loudness, like all of you right here. Um, and then just some questions whenever you, you know, start seeing someone or whatever for this. Do you want your relationship to be just ordinary? Do, you, do not waste your time trying to convince someone to stay for you. We do not chase because we are just convincing someone to choose us. And if they cannot handle you when you are yourself, then do not chase them. They are not the one for you. And this can be hard, especially when you're super single and you just want to hang out with that one boy. But the minute that they start backing down whenever you be the person that you are, can be a huge red flag. Next is not your teacher, not your healer. And I did a whole podcast on this on boundaries, but I think this one is super, super important. And it's a good thing to remind yourself getting into a relationship. Just always telling yourself this. It's so easy to to love to fixate on the potential of people. It's easy to fill in, fall in love with the idea of someone. It's easy to want to fix people. So as I said before, that's a huge thing that I do. As a type two Enneagram, I'm the helper. And so when I see someone falling down, I just want to help them and patch them up for themselves. And while you, you can help them stand up as many times as you want, if you keep helping them, they're never going to learn it for themselves. And you can stand there when they start to wobble and, you know, prop them up a little bit, but you have to just sit there and watch them get them back up for themselves. Nobody wants to be a project, so don't go into a relationship with the assumption that you can eventually change the things that annoy you about another person. Do not remain in relationships where you have to teach the people how to love you. You are not there to teach them how to love. And while sometimes, you know, different love languages for different people, it's totally okay to tell your partner, you know, I really value quality time, so if we could just spend more time together, that would be great. Totally fine. But you cannot teach them how to love again. And as much as I know a lot of girls, that's kind of what they do. They want to have that bad guy that's a little bit different. They think, oh, I'll be the one that changes them. You're not going to be the one that changes him. You have to let him change himself first. And also... You have so much homework, why would you want that to be extra? <laughs> Similarly, don't expect a person to magically change, change, or, change you or make your life better. Ultimately, we're all responsible for our own happiness. Raise your standards, and the universe will meet you there. So now, I talked about some dating advice. Let's talk about some red flags that we see in relationships. Not all red flags are, fuck that, I have to break up with him right now, that's not okay. A lot of them can just 
kind of raise awareness in you. And if you talk to your partner about it and be like, hey, that made me a little bit uncomfortable and they start to change it, then perfect, that's great. But a lot of the times, as we saw in the tweet before, we like to become colorblind to these things. And we see it and we're like, oh, it'll be okay. I won't bring it up. No big deal. Or I'll bring it up next time. And then it happens again. And then we don't bring it up again. We'll be like, oh, we'll bring it up next time. And then it just keeps happening. And eventually, a lot of these red flags can turn into things even worse than that. Um, as you can imagine, just a lot of things in that bubble. Um, some of things, some of these things start out as signs, which can be a hold on a second, let's discuss this. And if your partner is willing to discuss, then great, you found a good person. But if they kind of shut down to it, then just be aware of that. And maybe not this time, but maybe the next time if they do the same thing, it can be hard. So first there is gaslighting, which I'm gonna kind of explain because sometimes it can be a little hard to understand, even though this has become a really mainstream word that a lot of people use. So gaslighting is manipulating someone by psychologically by psychological means into questioning their own sanity it is to gain power and control plant seeds of uncertainty in the victim the self-doubt and constant skepticism solely causes the individual to question their reality so different examples first is blatant lying um, it's not the issue of the actual lying although that's bad too it's more of how easily it comes to them to lie and it makes you question what the truth is and what the truth isn't emotionally weakening you Second is deny, deny, deny. Again, you know they said what they said. However, they completely deny ever saying it. The gaslighter may push you to the point and ask you to prove it, knowing that you only have your memory to do so. It starts to make you question your memory and your reality. The third is using what you love against you. So if you love your job, taking up an issue with your job. Or if you love your friends and them telling you, no, I just don't really like them. I don't really want you hanging around them anymore. This can kind of lead in just into further isolation. So when things, when problems do start to get even more, then you don't have someone to go to for it. And the fourth is projection. If a gas liar is a liar and a cheater, they are now accusing of you of lying and cheating. You constantly feel like you need to defend yourself for things that you haven't done. And the fifth is the ever famous line by all men everywhere is you're crazy or she's unhinged or whatever it may be. The gaslighter knows you are already questioning your sanity because of the various other things that they've done. And they also know that you are searching for clarity in a person who is purposefully causing the confusion. Therefore, when they call you crazy, you start to believe it. This can also be when they go to their friends or your friends and call you crazy to them. This is, a, this is a way where that, if you were to ever approach them with problems and be like, hey, I think this is a problem, like how can I talk to you about this, whatever, and you start to explain it to them, they are, have already set up in your mind that, or in their mind that you're crazy because of what your partner has said to them, which can further isolate you and make you not find means of a way out. Another is no communication. I feel like this one is pretty self-explanatory, but um, they don't want to work with you through problems and instead just shut down, throw a tantrum, or gaslight you and blame you instead. We all know communication is one of the most important things. I mean, communication's major here. You can't convince me otherwise. Um, but when you, so when you communicate a problem and they don't try and fix it, this can be a really, really big red flag. And while these are a lot of problems, like if they just shut down after a fight or maybe they need 24 hours to cool off before they can really readdress the situation, totally fine. Those can just be things that they need to do to work it out themselves. But if it constantly becomes a problem where every fight you get in, they go and they 
shut the door or they yell at you or they blame you for it and they aren't aware that that's a problem and you bring it up to them the next day and they're like I don't know what you're talking about I didn't do that um all in all if you see any of these red flags and you communicate it with them and they don't try to flip to change it that is a big red flag they, get, they can't say what hurt you and what didn't hurt you. So, I mean, you know what made you feel weird and uncomfortable. And if you try to explain that to them, they're like, well, no, that's, that's not what I meant by it. It doesn't really matter what they meant by it. Intentions aren't always clear. If it made you feel bad, it made you feel bad. And testing your boundaries, another one that I feel like is kind of self-explanatory, but it can be more than just sexually pressuring you into doing something that you don't want to do. It can be like if you are feeling really anxious and you don't want to go out to this bar and they just be feeling, well, I really want to go, so you should come with me, or, well, I'm going to do something bad if you don't come with me, or whatever it may be, putting you on the blame and making you feel pressure into going and doing that, and then you eventually end up not having a good time, probably causing a fight later on in the night as well. And then the next is focus on what they do for you. So uh, never a sense of we work together, but uh, I do so much for you. Um, basically a transactional relationship. Um, I'm sure a lot of you guys have gone out to eat with your friends and they paid for your meal once or twice, whatever. And a lot of the times, if I don't have the money right then and there, I'll be like, I'll pay for your next meal, like a promise, whatever. That's great and fine. But sometimes friends may be like, the next day, you know, I'll ask you, hey, can you come do this with me? And you'll be like, oh, no, I can't. I'm busy. I'm sorry. And they're like, well, I paid for your meal yesterday, so you should probably come with me. And it's like, well, actually, I'm really busy, <laughs> so I can't. Um, but those kinds of things, making them feel like this relationship is a one-sided thing and making them feel like you're not giving it all into the thing. So these are some common phrases that can be said and that can be red flags. And I want to preface this all by saying in certain situations, not all of these things can be bad. And a lot of the times you can talk through it with your partner and be like, hey, that phrase made me feel uncomfortable. But just in general blanket statement, these are a lot of things that come up. So remember that I love you. Another sense of gaslighting after a big fight or they do something wrong and you call them out for it and they're like, well, I love you, so it's okay or whatever it may be. Next is you make no sense, just further denying that your argument isn't solid and making you feel uncertain about yourself. This is why I can't trust you. This is one of those sayings like, okay, if you cheat on someone and they tell you this is why I can't trust you, all right, that makes sense. I probably wouldn't trust you either. But in things where, you know, you you know, called your best friend or whatever, and you did whatever, and they're like, well, this is why I can't trust you. It's like, <laughs> because I called my friend. It doesn't really make sense in that situation. Next is, why can't you just let it go? I know a lot of the times, a lot of girls hear this all the time because we like to hold grudges or whatever it may be. Um, but again, you know, you have the right to feel however you feel about a situation. You, if you just change this, so if you just change this about yourself or whatever it may be, going back to you are never too much for the right person, don't let them say that to you. And the one that I talked about earlier, you can't really be wearing that. That would make me so very angry. I'm so glad a man has never said that to me. Unless it's out of pure, you look just don't look great in that outfit, don't say that to me ever because I will throw a fit. So now on to a little bit happier terms here. Signs of a healthy relationship. So the first one is independent. And I don't know about you guys, but like independent and confident is like 
my biggest turn on because I just think it's perfect in everyone. Um, but this kind of thing is like, they like to spend time with their self or maybe some days they might not want to hang out with you because they just want to hang out with their friends or whatever. And maybe not co totally codepending on you to be everything. Or if they go to the gym or if they have a routine or whatever it may be, that can just be really good because then, you know, whenever things do get stressed out or things get hard in the relationship, you know that they have something to go back on and to think about themselves. And also, it's good in you, too. Again, you want to be a whole looking for another whole. Next thing is willing to work with you. Again, kind of self-explanatory and goes with the communication thing. If they're not willing to hear you out in situations or they just shut down whenever you tell them that you felt uncomfortable about it or they just listen to you and blatantly ignore you. Um, I've heard a saying, oh, I think it was on Twitter or something, but it was like, you can say sorry a million times, but sorry without change is just manipulation. So, you know, they can be apologetic or whatever it may be, but if they don't actively try to change those ways, and it may be hard and may take a lot of more time than you might think but if they don't actively try to change those things then that can be a really big red flag um next is takes responsibility so this goes into gaslighting you know when you call them out on something or when you say you know that made me feel uncomfortable and they sit there like oh I totally get where you're coming from yes that's my fault like I shouldn't have said it like that that's not what I meant whatever it may be but taking full responsibility for their words and actions and then lastly, but not least, is has integrity. So says what they mean, means what they says, say, say. And, you know, has emotional integrity and doesn't back down just for anything. So now we're going to go into everyone's bad date stories. Uh, if you don't know, I had a poll. Uh, it was a Google, uh, not a poll. It was a Google form. And I got in a lot of submissions. Um, and I'm just going to go through with you all, with all of them with you, however you say that. And I'm going to have you kind of guess some things that the people are going to say, because there's a lot of things that are kind of like, oh, that would make sense, or there's really crazy things, and I just want to hear what you have to say about it. So thank you to everyone who submitted a bad date. Um, we love to hear it. And these are all anonymous, but, you know, if you want to say that was me, go right ahead. I don't care. So I went on a second date with a coworker. The first day, he told me I was a bad kisser. So the fact that I gave him a second chance is frightening. On the second day, we got dinner, and he asked me if I was seeing other people. I said that I was. He responded, oh, well, not like that. I'm not like that. Are you cool with splitting the bill? I ended up paying half and the tip. My friend set me up with her guy friend. We went on a couple dates, and he was super cool. He invited me to his apartment one night because he was throwing a party. I went to find him, and even though there were only like 15 people there, I couldn't find him. I went to his room, and can we guess what he was doing? He was hooking up. <laughs> he was hooking up with another girl, LOL. And this one prefaces with worst day ever. I was a freshman in high school, and he was a junior, which made me feel like hot shit. On our first day, we went to his parents' house for dinner. After dinner, we went to the basement to watch a movie. I think we watched Karate Kid, which prompted him to say, I know karate. He then got up and started spinning around, kicking and karate chomping in the, chomping in the air. Then before I knew it, he, what can we guess? He kicked me in the face. <laughs> Long story short, he was going out with a freshman for a reason. I met a guy at the bar and hung out with him a while afterwards. We smoked in his car all the while he was feeling me up. Weird. Uh, 
He then proceeded to get offended when I didn't invite him upstairs. And then he said I was a basic bitch when I didn't text him for a second date. Obviously, it's hard for him to get laid because I ain't ever seen a man get that upset over a girl he knew for five minutes. And this one was a Tinder date. We went out for coffee at the Potter house. He was cute, seemed sweet and interesting. He just wanted to talk about himself the whole time, though, and his international experiences. Didn't ask a thing about me, and I'm still pissed about it. The dating pool for gay men is shallow as fuck already, but men like that are the worst. And I know the other day I went to Mud House, and there I watched a date happen. Well, at first I didn't know it was a date, but I could already tell the guy was annoying as hell because um, he started talking about tea for like 10 minutes, and I was like, no one cares about tea that much. Um, but eventually we all concluded that this girl was on a date, and literally, I swear to God, we heard her talk maybe twice on the date. Um, everyone's nodding their head that was there. But literally she was like on her phone the entire time, and I was like, this poor girl and he was talking so loud too i was like everyone here is trying to do homework also I'll, yeah it's fine uh, anyway my friends had told me this friend of theirs thought i was cute and all so they convinced me to hang out with him we went to a park and he was super outgoing and talkative and being super super shy like i was and this is montana by the way montana used to be a python she wanted me to put that in there um i literally didn't speak we walked past this dog who was barking and he literally can we guess what the guy did? <laughs> he literally went down on all fours and started barking back to this poor fucking dog. The dog and him went at it while me and the owner exchanged super uncomfortable looks. After the dog backed down, he leapt up and continued talking like nothing strange at all happened. He told our mutual friends that the date went super well, and he still texts me every once in a while, like a month ago when he asked me if I could bleach his hair for him. <laughs> Honestly, something I would do, though. Be like, hey, you want to come over and just tie my hair real quick? Okay, this one prefaces with Tinder. Ha, ha, ha. Of course it was bad. So I matched with this boy on Tinder and, of course, ignored the first red flag, which we all know what red flags are by now, so we shouldn't do that anymore. It's fine. Which was that he lived on base in Fort Leonard Wood. Always a bad idea. If he's in the military, swipe left. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we talked for a few days, maybe a week, and he asked me to drive up to go on a date with him, which is weird. I would never drive up to see a guy that I met on Tinder. But anyway, we met at Buffalo Wild Wings, and he was 30 minutes late. But he seemed kind of sweet. <laughs> Second red flag. <laughs> but he seemed kind of sweet. He opened, he opened the door for me when we walked in. He was nice to our server. Always a big thing. If they're not nice to the server, we leave. Um, he was nice to our server. He paid for my meal and was genuinely trying to get to know me. So then I followed him back to base, which if, you've ever, if you haven't been on base before, it's a weird experience in its own. So he laid down in the weird hotel room looking area, watched a movie, and ended up, and ended up doing the deed. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom, before I get into that. <laughs> His dangling <laughs> was a solid two inches, no lie. He lasted maybe a minute and a half, but it felt like an hour because he kept saying all this weird shit. <laughs> Then when we were done, he rolled over and fell asleep. This dude was literally snoring, and I was trying to figure out how to break out of Alpatross. <laughs> but little did I know, you can't leave after a certain time. So I was stuck in this boy's room until the next morning. I haven't been a t on a Tinder date since, to say the least. <laughs>
I like the if it's mili- if he's in the military, swipe left. <laughs> so I had recently gotten out of a year and a half relationship and was ready to meet other people. This one guy at the gym came up and started talking to me, which if a guy ever comes up to me at the gym, I never would ever take his number because one, I have to take out my headphones to listen to you talk to me about something stupid. Also, I'm at the gym, I'm sweaty, I'm in my groove, don't talk to me. This one guy at the gym at home, when I was literally 17, I was there and I was watching him because he was on this machine that I really wanted to use. So I was just, you know, walking on the treadmill, waiting for him to get off. And I kept looking over and we kept awkwardly making eye contact. And at one point when he finally got off the machine and I went on the machine, he came over to me and goes, hey, so I noticed you were staring at me earlier. And I was like, I was like, oh no, I actually just wanted to use the machine and he goes, Oh, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I saw him literally every day at the gym since. And he like longingly like looked over at me and I was like, nope. (laughs) He was like 24, I think. I was 17. I was like, no, thank you. Anyway, this one guy at the gym came up and started talking to me. After some insta-stalking and some Snapchatting, we decided to go on a date. Long story short, during the date, it slipped out that he had just gotten his, what can we guess? Nope. (laughs) No. No, but he had just gotten his ankle monitor taken off. (laughs) Meaning he had previously been on house arrest. I ended the date as quickly as possible, trying to make it clear I was not interested. We were in the parking lot and I was trying to leave at this point when I got stuck in an awkward hug and he said, what can we guess that he said? Good job, I love you. At this point, everything was way too bizarre to be true. I drove home very quickly, and over the next few days, tried to explain that I was not interested, but he was very persistent. I eventually stopped responding, asking him to do the same. A few days later, I was at work. I worked at an outdoor pool. I was closing and noticed, what did we notice? (laughs) And noticed that his Jeep was in the parking lot. At this point, my view on the situation turned from weird to frightening, like anyone would be. I told my other two coworkers, we all got into our separate cars. I told my other two coworkers to wait for me, and we all got into our separate cars and drove off to a close fire station to make sure that he did not follow me. Last time I ever talked to someone from the gym that I had no mutual friends with. Next one. I met this dude on Tinder and thought he was a bit of a weirdo, but I didn't talk to any other guys at the time. So I brought him to one of our formals, which, (laughs) that scares me. (laughs) I never bring a guy to a formal that I don't know. I usually just bring friends because to be stuck with them all night and you have to go off the trolley with them. Like you can't just be like, well, (laughs) have a good night. (laughs) Uh, So I brought him to one of our formals, but he didn't really, but I didn't really hang out with him there at all. And then he had, a, had us drop him off at his car afterwards, and we never spoke again. OMG. Another time, this dude that goes to Drury asked me to go see a scary movie with him, and I went for the free movie. And he kept saying, if you get scared, you can hold me hand. I don't know if she actually meant to put me in it, but <laughs> it's funnier if she meant to put me in it. And I did not hold his hand, and he kept calling me out on it. And it was awkward, and we also never spoke again. <laughs> and then she says, OMG, haha, IDK, they aren't that bad, it's just awkward. <laughs> so one time I went on a date with this guy who conveniently forgot, what did he forget? His wallet. His wallet, and only proceeded to tell me after we ate. 
Normally, I'm all about the girl sometimes paying or splitting the bill, but this was my first date with the guy, and he proceeded to order, how much did we think? How much, how many? Well, he got $60 worth of sushi, <laughs> which I had to pay for. Then he got mad because I didn't want him to come inside when he dropped me off. Dot, dot, dot. Honestly, IDK. <laughs> That was you? That was you? <laughs> well, there we go. That's awful. That's awful. I wasn't. <laughs> How do you forget your wallet? I mean, guys have it with them all the time, right? Oh, cute. We love that. Uh, this one says Tinder date. He had a tiny little lime green motorcycle. <laughs> I said, oh, that's cute, like a compliment. And he got really offended and made me take it back before we could even leave the house. <laughs> Don't ever make fun of a guy's tiny lime green, lime green motorcycle. It's fine. My friend gave, me, gave my number to a guy who worked at Hollister, which I think <laughs> is the first <laughs> red flag there. After he texted me, we decided to go on a date to a haunted corn maze, 45 minutes away. The guy drove, but took twice the amount of time it should have to get back after an awkward time at the actual maze. I swear to, <laughs> swear to you, at least 60 cars passed us after 11 p.m. on a school night. Piece of advice, always stay in town on the first date. Just like that Fort Leonard Wood girl. She should have just not gone there. Um, <laughs> this one is just a rant, but I thought I would put it in there because it's really funny. Um, anytime a man says... <laughs> <laughs> Anytime a man says he won't have sex with you or other sexual acts because of not shaving is ludicrous. I've had this happen more than once and feel that men need to get the fuck over it. We are naturally this way, and if we shave or don't shave, it's up to us, not our sexual partners. Rant over. Oh, that was a fair one to put in there, you know. Whatever. Um, was going to meet a guy from Tinder and grab pizza. I messaged him the day, to ma the day of to make sure we were still good, but he didn't respond. I figured he was at work and would check later. I went to the pizza place anyway, and can we guess what happened? And he never showed. It wasn't that I was upset because I liked him a lot, but because he could have canceled instead of ghosting me when he had plans. On the bright side, I still ordered food to go. I think ghosting is like the, one of the weakest things that someone can do. Like, I get it if someone's being really, really annoying, but it's like, just tell me that you don't want to talk to me anymore and I'll be okay. Like, especially if things are going really well. You know? Gross. Annoying. I got ghosted from a guy on Tinder. I'm a little bitter about it, but it's fine. <laughs> One time I met this guy on Tinder and he wanted to hang out. He said he couldn't afford an Uber and he lived 20 minutes away, so I picked him up. We hung out and hooked up, but then I wasn't feeling it, so I drove him home at 3 a.m. LOL. <laughs> I saw this one tweet that was like, um, uh, this guy that I spent the night with woke me up at one point and was like, if you leave now, I'll pay for the Uber for you. Um, but if you leave in the morning, you have to get the Uber yourself. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I one time had to pay for a lift for a guy. I'm still bitter about it. The one that recently broke up with me. Yeah, cute. Anyway, <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. Um, my first, <laughs> this one is very funny. My first Tinder date I had in my phone as weird penis mic. The guy walked out, walked a half an hour to my dorm because, can we guess why? Well, <laughs> no, because his license was suspended. <laughs> 
We got drunk and did the deed. Why is everyone saying did the deed on here? I don't know, but I've never heard that before. I've heard it before, but never used it. The deed lasted about one minute. He reeked of cigarettes, and his <laughs> dick was dot, 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 angled at a degree I've never seen before or since. <laughs> Forever ruined me on Tinder. All right. This one is from someone's experience on Grinder. Uh, tried to get a date. He was high off his ass and just wanted to get himself off and leave. Men are trash. True. This one, oh, no, I already read that one. Just kidding. Um, this one was my beat. A wild, <laughs> this is the same person who wrote um, for Weird Penis Mike. She said, after a while, after him, I met a cute waiter named Mike, and I went on a date with him. He was nice and funny, and it was pretty decent, actually. However, the guy smoked a lot. His car smelled like cigarettes. He smelled and tasted like cigarettes. So bad, it gave me flashbacks. He dropped me off, and, says, and I said something like, thanks, Mike. I had a good time. Whoops. Needless to say, I didn't hear from him again. And that is my last story. So that's the end. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, guys. So, so much for being here. Um, I appreciate it a lot. If you guys didn't have the chance before, I have stickers and cookies down here. They are $2 a piece. All goes to Harmony House. You can Venmo me, or if you got cash like the old school way, you can do that also. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for being here. I appreciate all of you. Um, Actually, I have one more slide. Okay, I have some resources for you. As you know, Harmony House Local here in Springfield. If you ever need anything, make sure you go to them. This is their hotline on here. You can also Google it really easily. There's also the Victim Center in Springfield, which does a lot more than just housing people who have been in bad relationships, but also does counseling. So if anyone you know ever needs that, make sure you go to them. And then lastly, make sure you follow me because it's all for clout, baby. Um... <laughs> I know you guys want to listen to me talk more, so I have podcast episodes almost every week. Um, I'm trying to do a spooky one for next week for Halloween, so if anyone wants to tell me some ghost stories, I would love to know them. Um, on Instagram, I'm at loudmouthpod, and on Spotify and iTunes, you can just search loudmouth, and if you follow me on there, I'd be forever grateful, but even more so, I'd be even more grateful if you left me a review on there. That'd be cool, but don't leave anything if it's going to be like one star. I don't want it. I only want four and above. Um, I also think I'm on Google Play, but I don't have an Android. And I, to look it up, you have to pay for it. And I'm not about to do that. And anyway, you should be using Spotify. So I don't know why you're using Google Play. But yeah, thank you guys so much for being here.